Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, Senior Pastor of A Day of Prayer. I just wanted to take a moment and thank everyone for your prayers. My family and I made the move for our ministry successfully. Everything went well. God provided for us and he opened some amazing doors and did some truly wonderful and miraculous things for us that allowed us to move with grace and with peace. We are tired <laughs> and still recovering, but it was a good move and a good experience and we were only strengthened in this process. So thank you again for your prayers and I hope you know that you were in my prayers and will continue to be and you've been in my heart. Today, I want to talk to you about marriage and from the standpoint of a wife walking with her husband. Now, I know that this can be a funny or a particular uh, perspective or, or a situation to consider because there's so much that has been handed down as these are the strict rules for the wife going into marriage. But today I want to add a little bit of freedom for you and also give you some encouragement and how to consider things when it looks like the going gets tough. As a wife, the Lord created um, woman to walk alongside her husband, not to be underfoot, um, as in be a, a doormat or a whipping post, and neither to ride on the top of his head. But sometimes when it seems like things are getting difficult or the course of of life with your husband isn't going the way that you thought it would or want it to go. The tendency we have is to try to control things or either withdraw ourselves from the marriage. And I just want to encourage you to continue to stand and walk with the Lord. Continue to put your trust in him because he is there for you. When we have been joined with the spouse that God chose for us, it's important that we remain where he asked us to be and that we listen to what he has to say to us and we stick close to him. I know that um, emotions can be high. I know that thought processes, you know, it could seem like, man, it's better to just get out. It's better to get away. And that's not always the case. It's better for us to do what the Lord wants us to do. It's better for us to follow through and finish the course that God has for us versus trying to make our own way and provide some some way of self-preservation in this process. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It does take effort. It does take energy and it can be challenging, but it's well worth it to stick with God and to wait on him. I want to look at Genesis chapter two with you for just a moment. And I want to look at verse 23 and verse 25 of Genesis chapter two. And it says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now I'm reading this scripture to you because verse 25 tells us something very important. In verse 23, this is where the Lord presented um woman to Adam and he made a declaration concerning her and gave her her name as he named the other um, animals in the garden. Not that woman is an animal, but he, named, he, he was given the right and the authority to name all the other creation that God created. And he named her woman. But in verse 25, it says something specific here. And it says they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed, which means they weren't finding fault with each other. They weren't criticizing each other. They weren't disappointed and they weren't protecting themselves from each other. 
Now, I know that there are circumstances that can happen in the course of a marriage that wouldn't be on the list of, you know, grand breaking of the word of God. For example, adultery is a grand breaking of the word of God as far as the covenant of marriage is concerned. And yes, it is a sin. But I just mean, and as far as pulling apart what God has put together in a marriage, adultery would follow on that. Um, physical abuse and violence would follow on that. But for the most part, the other side would be on the side of preference. Now you're like, what about drug abuse? What about alcoholism? That's still under the grace of God. Um, and all things are under the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ, of course, when they're submitted to him. But it's not a grand breaking of the marriage. So when you find yourself in a circumstance where something arises that is a disappointment to you, that is um, causing you to question the validity of your marriage or causing you to question your willingness to continue in the marriage, I just want to bring that to your attention to bring it back to God and submit yourself to him and then take your emotions and your thoughts about it out of it. Take away the fault finding. Remember, they were naked and not ashamed. They weren't pointing out each other's flaws. They weren't saying, I wish you did this better. I wish you had bigger this or longer that, or, you know, I wish you made more money. I wish you had a better car. I wish you didn't, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you can name all these characteristics that we use to find fault with each other in marriage. And God was saying what he created um, through the scripture, what he created was good. And because of their coverage in the glory of God, they were able to see each other as God saw them. And I want to encourage you to see your spouse as God sees them. You know, um, if the Lord were to tell someone that the, you know, it's better for you to exit this marriage, for example, if there were physical abuse and, and domestic violence or something of that nature, that's to the Lord. And when he asks you to walk in love and grace with your spouse, that also belongs to God. But in order to do that, and, and that's more the vein that I want to stay in today, is how do you walk in grace with a spouse who is um, not seemingly holding up their end of the bargain, or you feel like you're disappointed with the way that your relationship is going, and it's not something that is breaking or violating the covenant of marriage? How do you endure with that one? And first, it comes with putting your eyes back on the Lord. I remember when my when the Lord brought my husband and I together, and he told me before my husband and I actually met each other how to engage with him when I have a problem with something that he's doing or when I, you know, would like to go, hey, let me tell you something, buddy. <laughs> the Lord said, uh, I don't speak to him first. If you have a problem, don't you say a word. You come and talk to me first. And I thought that was really strange that God would tell me that because Everything that I've ever heard growing up in my life was you better communicate, you better tell them, you know, if you don't like it, you better say something, they're going to keep going. You know, all of those kind of, um, I'll say naturally minded things of how you deal with um, confrontation or you deal with problems or difficulties in your marriage. But God actually told me something different. And he said, come talk to me first. And as me as in tell God what my problem was. And I was curious about this and I thought, well, God, well, why? Why would I do that? And what he said to me was actually kind of funny. It made me laugh. But he said, Kamisha, you did not create that man. So how can you dictate what he's supposed to do or not do? And I thought, oh, wow. Okay, that's a gut punch, Lord. <laughs> okay, that's, you know, that's pretty good. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for clarifying, you know, the same the same freedom that I want to have in myself, God created me. He knows who I am to think that it also applies to my husband, not just to dictate and tell him what I would rather have done, but 
to tell and to see him the way God does and tell my God when there's a problem versus taking that to my husband straight away. And he told me, don't don't talk to him about it unless I tell you to. And I thought, wow, okay, God, you know, that's pretty strict. That's a little gut punch there again, too. Um, how am I supposed to deal with this? And he, he said to me, come to me in prayer and petition me about what is my will for your husband? What is it that I want done in his life? And then pray for him in that way. And then he also said, uh, you need to check your motive, sweetheart. <laughs> Actually, sister girl, <laughs> you gotta get yourself together. Come and talk to me because a lot of times the problems that I thought I was having with my husband or that I would have with him is really my problems and how I was seeing and perceiving things. Now, like I said, there's some things that are clearly wrong and God has clearly laid out in his word. You know, he does not want a husband or a wife to be an alcoholic. No, he does not want us to yield our flesh to um, illicit drugs because we're the temple of God or, you know, he doesn't want us to be unwise with our resources or fail to take care of our family or any of those things. That's not what he wants for us. And he's always got an answer and a solution. And I know that sounds hard, you know, coming out of modern day um, society, especially in America, you get a divorce as quickly as you get married. And if you don't like them, you know, you've got your laundry list of things out. If he doesn't check that list, even though you're married, you break that covenant and you get out the door because you have other options. Well, I just want to say, if you are a daughter of the most high God and a woman of God, you op- your option is one, to let Jesus be the Lord of your life and let him breathe the Lord of your marriage and, and breathe his life and bring freedom and restoration and um, wholeness to you and soundness to your marriage. That's, that's your choice as a believer to walk with him. So if you name the name of Christ, you should give that option. And when I say that, I don't mean I tried it, God, and then you let it ball it up and throw it away and let it go. And I'm speaking to myself as I'm speaking to you. No, I'm not on the verge of walking out of the door. I love my husband very much. And I'm human. You know, there's some times where that little adversarial voice gets in my ear and it starts, well, what about this? And if he did that and you haven't gone nowhere in a long time or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the complaint is, he's squeezing the toothpaste from the middle instead of the bottom. And he used the last roll of toilet paper and didn't put any back, you know, (laughs) all those crazy things that come up and try to steal and inhibit the freedom that a husband and wife have between each other. All those things still have to be brought under the blood of Jesus Christ. They still have to be dealt with. And um, when the Lord told me to come and talk with him, that's something that I actively incorporate. And, you know, my husband and I joke with each other, but I go, I'm telling my daddy on you. You're doing something I don't like. <laughs> you know, We're racing each other to go talk to the father and tell on the other one. If somebody's not in line, I'm telling Jesus on you. And guess what? The the one who knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb, knows exactly how to speak to us and how to deal with us to bring us into alignment with his right plan and his righteousness for not only our individual lives, but also for our marriage and our family and the goal that God has for us and all of creation. He can get us right in alignment with every single one of those things in one action. Whereas if I went to my husband telling him, well, I feel like this today and you're doing that and I don't like the way your hair looks and it's blowing in the wind and I didn't I didn't give it permission for that and I want you to part your hair and wear it to the other side. If I started nagging and running him down with all those things, he would become wearied and then it would be hard for him to walk with me the way that God has charged him to walk with me because he has to give an account of how he treats me. And I likewise 
have to give have to give an account to my father with how he, I treat him. And you know, same with our children and with other believers and other people in the world, we have to give an account. But when you bring it to God first and then you check who you are, how you're seeing things, check your heart on the matter, what's your thought process? Do you line up with God first? And then if he says, "Okay, now speak to your husband. Ask God what to what to admonish or encourage your husband with. Ask what does he want you to talk about and not just going, well, I want you to do this, this, that, and the other and running them down, but encouraging them and admonishing them and um, lifting them up and restoring them to their father so that they can see God. And if he just tells you to be quiet, then say, amen, God, and pray quietly and keep it moving and rejoice that the father sees you and he hears you. He hears your heart and he knows, and he's got an answer. But sometimes I've noticed if there is a delay in your husband coming to the uh, the light, if you will, of problems and things going on, it's oftentimes because we're standing in the way. That woman has positioned herself trying to be in the position of God in his place and trying to dictate in that situation what she thinks and what she wants and even praying for a husband in a way of what she wants versus what does God want for him. And that hinders God working in that situation. But if God can get you in alignment and get you looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and get you to see your husband with that same um, perspective that man and woman had in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, being naked together and not ashamed, you will be surprised at how blessed you are, how how easy it is for your husband to come out of even a stronghold or any kind of bondage that he may be in in, in life if you just turn it over to God and not just go, God, well, I don't care and you know flip it and um, and disregard and, you know, detaching yourself from the relationship, but in love and trust that your father values you. He prizes you. He's not punishing you or trying to make you suffer by staying in a marriage where a husband is not all that you think he should be, but release him to God, release him to the fullness of what God wants. Because I tell you what, I can't make a man. That's something else the Lord pointed out. You can't make a man. Yes, you can birth one. But you didn't birth the one that you're married to. And even in that, to the ones that you may be able to give birth to, you still cannot change them and make them into a man, let alone a God man, let alone a man who praises the Lord and blesses his holy name. You don't have the ability to do that. So why not submit to the one who does? Why not place your hope and your trust and your concerns in the hands of the one who can change that heart, who can make that man what he wants him to be. So I just wanted to encourage you with that today. I hope that ministers to your heart and gives you some some freedom and some relief in your life that you don't have to try to fix this situation. You don't have to try to make your husband get in alignment or make him do what you want. That's not even within your power. And you probably wouldn't want it if your husband yielded to that anyway. You want him to be a God man. You want him to stand up before the Lord in all the beauty that Christ has put in him. And you want him to be able to hold his hand up, head up before his father and say that I've completed the work that you've given me, Lord, when he has to stand before his Lord and Savior. So I just wanted to encourage you. I hope that blessed you. If you have a moment, please share this episode with someone in your life that could be blessed by it. And remember to like it, to share it and subscribe and to live your life in the Messiah's love. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you. God bless you.